Thanks for checking out the PowerPlace audio podcast. If you want more resources for your walk with the Lord, you can visit us online at www.thepowerplace.org. You can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at The PowerPlace Church if you want to watch the service online. And if you want to give, you can text any amount to 84321 or visit the church website. I've had many people tell me over the years, God named this place right. I don't think he does mistakes. In fact, I know he doesn't. He's an awesome God. Amen. So if you're, if you're interested in giving to these missions projects, mark your giving missions. Okay? We're going to have a bake sale to kind of raise some funds and awareness for that. But um, go ahead and get your money in. Let's, let's get it to where it needs to be. We're sowing good seed in good soil. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited. And Christmas, there's some uh, invite cards out there on the connection bar. Grab one and invite your friends and your neighbors and your enemies. What an awesome God. We're privileged to be in his presence, to be in his house, to be a part of his family. I don't know if you heard, but the Respect for Marriage Act, which is very misnamed, uh, passed by the Senate this week. And it does not respect marriage or protect children. So we continue to pray that our nation will turn back to God, to the God of the Bible, and follow his ways that truly bring life. Because we believe in truth. It's one of our core values. We know that absolute truth equals complete freedom. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You cannot find freedom apart from the truth of God's word. And so we believe the Bible from cover to cover. We, we sensitize ourselves to the word of God so that when we come into culture, we understand that we're not, we're not desensitized to what's going on. Pastor Isaiah shared last week about Balenciaga. And the, the ad, and many people looked at that and said, hmm, this is just a bunch of teddy bears and kids, and eh, no big deal. Because they're desensitized to the truth of God's word. I'll, I'll never forget growing up in a house where my mother refused to watch the boob tube, as she called it. She just wouldn't watch television. And she would come in, and my brother and I were... We're watching Gunsmoke. You're watching those killer dealer movies. And and we had become desensitized to some things that we were watching. And yet because she was removed from it and so consumed with the truth of God's word, it just smacked her in the face when she walked in the room. Some of you can sit through movies You can sit through stuff. 
You can sit through music that is so vile and disgusting to our God. But when you've been in his presence, you can't do it. There's something in your spirit that rises up and says, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not filling my mind. I'm not filling my brain. I'm not filling my spirit with that kind of junk. So that's why you've got to have absolute truth, because it'll bring complete freedom. We believe the Bible from cover to cover. And the best counsel you'll ever receive is from the Word of God and being in His presence daily. That's why we talk about daily encounters with the Lord. It's so vital. It, it, it sensitizes you to Him and His presence and His Spirit. And you're never desensitized to the things of this world. Amen. I just, uh, side note here, I'm, I'm just thinking about uh, Sarah Palk and her uh, gift today. What a gift to this house. I know she's in here somewhere. I can't see her right now, but um, God has blessed her and she is anointed. And let me just say this as well. You don't just get up on stage because you've got a gift. She's been serving this house for a long, long time. Behind the scenes. Caring for babies. Well, I can sing. Let me up there. No, 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 no. We don't need your voice. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Sarah carries that. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas here at the Power Place. Thanks to Kelly Kelly, Michael, Becky Velasquez. Thank you. Beautiful. You don't want me setting stuff up like that. It would not look like that at all. But God has gifted Kelly Kelly and uh, Michael helped hang the wreath and Becky helped decorate as well. What a gift. Amen. We're blessed. Kid gave his teacher a blank piece of paper. Teacher said, what's this? He said, it's a drawing of a cow eating grass. So where's the, where's the grass? Well, the cow ate it all. Where's the cow? Well, it left because there wasn't any more grass. <laughs> Kids. I went to a fitness instructor this week, and he said, what kind of squat are you accustomed to doing? I said, diddly. myself up. <laughs> Ducking into confession with a turkey in his arms, Brian said, forgive me, Father, I've sinned. I stole this turkey to feed my family. Would you take it and settle my guilt? Certainly not, said the priest. As penance, you must return to the, turn it to the one from whom you stole it. 
Well, I tried, Brian sobbed, but he refused. Oh, Father, what should I do? If what you say is true, then it's all right for you to keep it for your family. Thanking the priest, Brian hurried off. When confession was over, the priest returned to his residence. When he walked into the kitchen, he found that someone had stolen his turkey. <laughs> We're in a series on gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He says, I, I do not want you to be unaware you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols. And you understand that our God is not mute. He still speaks today. He still works in ways that we cannot understand. He said, before you were led away astray to mute idols, however you were led. Some of you got there one way, some another way. But if you're worshiping anyone except the one true living God who is alive and well, who continues to speak through his word, then you, you found yourself in a place where you are led astray. He says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts. So we say varieties. But the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Uh, the word that, that Miss Debbie shared this morning, it was for the common good. It, it spoke to your spirit. It lifted you. Some of you have been dealing with, with hurt and pain at many different levels in your life. And, and God said, hey, let me just talk to that for a minute. Yeah. And so it brought, it brought comfort. It brought strength. It brought encouragement, which is what... It's supposed to do. For to one that is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit, capital S, one and the same Spirit, Holy Spirit, works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. And notice that the Holy Spirit is a He. And just as he wills, he distributes to each one. Each one of us have gifts of the Spirit. Last week, Pastor Isaiah talked about wisdom and knowledge and faith, those, those gifts that God gives 
Some of you have knowledge, but you have not stepped into wisdom and known how to use the knowledge you have. Just because God, God gives you knowledge with a hammer doesn't mean that you use the hammer in every situation you're in. Okay? Some things don't call for a hammer. And you need wisdom to know when to put the hammer down. When to lay it aside. When to pick up a crowbar. Or a screwdriver. Or a power tool. You need wisdom. And you need the faith of God to step into situations and do things that you can't do in and of yourself. You need that ability that God alone gives. And the Bible says God has given to every person a measure of faith. So I don't have any faith. Yeah, you do. God's given it to you. His word says that. That's absolute truth. And absolute truth will bring you complete freedom. You have faith. You need to exercise the faith that you have. And as you exercise your faith, your faith will begin to grow and mature and move to a whole other level. I think one of my favorite things I, Pastor Isaiah shared last week was talking about Wilbur, his dog, and Wilbur's tail. That tail is dangerous, I'm just telling you. I've been around, he, he just whack you to death. But it's because he's been waiting for his master to show up. I began to think about that and, and notice that our dog, Sullivan, now Murphy, he's a whole different breed. That's Christy's dog. She loves him. She's the only one that loves him. I tolerate Murphy. Not Susie loves him too. Susie always loves Murphy. I don't know why. I, I don't get it. But uh, Murphy just does his own thing. But Sullivan, he'll be sleeping, and I'll walk by, and the tail will start going. He's asleep, but he senses my presence. Okay? And, and I would say, may the Lord help us to be so sensitive to his presence that, that our tail just starts wagging. Oh, Lord, I, I feel you here. Wow. Woo! And, and you don't have to say anything. I don't have to say, Sullivan... It's just automatic. He, hear, he senses that I'm there, and the tail starts going. Now, become so sensitive to the Lord's presence that, that you respond. It's an immediate response. Ooh, Lord, I feel you. Ooh, hallelujah. And something happens in your body Now, your spirit can rise up, but something needs to happen in your body to recognize he's here. Amen. So today I want to talk about gifts of healing, the effecting of miracles, and the distinguishing or discernment of spirits. The gifts of healing, when, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with God's presence, you will find 
Even your presence is filled with healing because you're a carrier of his presence. People will sense his presence just by being near you because you're a carrier. Acts chapter 5 verse 12, the apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them even though they were highly regarded by the people. They would meet out in the colonnade and and people just kind of stay away from them because they were highly regarded but they didn't really want to be around them. And then it says in verse 14, nevertheless... More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. There's, there's a magnetism. When, when the church gathers, there's a magnetism. People want to get involved. They want to be a part of something that's alive and well. So as a result, verse 15, as a result of, of this presence of the Holy Spirit among them, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. There's healing in the presence of God, even to the point where if your shadow touches somebody... Now, you say, well, is that happening today? I'll just tell you, some of you... You know this because you've told us just by being in the presence of the Lord, which is hosted by this house, just by being in the presence of the Lord that is hosted by these ministers, by this family, by these believers, you've found healing. Nobody laid their hands on you. Nobody anointed you with oil. But just by being in his presence, healing flowed. I I sensed it this morning. There was healing that settled down in the midst of our worship. There's a healing presence of Jesus. And so I say, as, whatever you need, reach out and touch him. The woman who had the issue of blood, she said, if I can just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. I know he's passing by. I sense his presence. I know he's here. And so she reached out and received a healing. And healing virtue flowed from him. Healing is easy in your presence. Healing is easy in your presence. Deliverance is easy in your presence. In your presence. And and when you get in the presence of Almighty God, things become easier. His gifts of healing and effecting of miracles flow through his body. And it's real even today. Amen. Amen. It's real here in this house. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on those, but I want to to take some moments this morning and deal with the distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits. Now notice that he doesn't say the gift is discernment. There's a difference between discernment and the discerning of spirits. You can have discernment, but if you don't understand the spirit that is behind what you're dealing with, 
your discernment doesn't do you much good. The ability to discern or understand or figure out what spirit is operating. So discerning of spirits, number one, is this simply my flesh acting up? Is my flesh wanting to take over again? I need to discern whether what I'm experiencing is my flesh. Because how many of you know your flesh is still trying to resurrect itself, even though you put it to death? Amen. And your flesh wants to rise up and take over again, and it pushes you at times. We blame everything on the devil a lot of times, right? It's not always the devil. A lot of times it's you. You made a bad choice. You made a stupid decision. Nobody's willing to tell you that, but I'm here to do it. Okay? Don't blame that on the devil. Bind your flesh. Okay? You need to do some fasting and prayer to tell your flesh, I'm in charge, you're not. I'm not going to eat. You're going to yell at me for not eating. You're going to start to grumble. You're going to start to complain. You're going to start to feel like, oh, I'm going to die. I can't do this. And yet, I'm going to tell you, you can do this. I'm in charge. My, my Holy Spirit inside of me is in charge. And so deal with it. Grow up. Grow up. It's a big deal that you grow up. Because nobody wants to continue to change your diaper. Bottle feed you. So, first of all, is, is it I need to discern whether this spirit is just me, my flesh, trying to act up, take over again. Or secondly, is this the spirit of God nudging me to greatness and trying to prune something from my life? You need to discern, is this the Holy Spirit? Because it doesn't feel good, but it's for my good. Man, it doesn't feel good. It hurts. Pruning hurts. But if it's the Holy Spirit pruning me, trying to strip some things off of me that I've become so accustomed to that are sucking the life out of me spiritually, then I need to yield to the Holy Spirit. Say, yes, Lord. Go ahead, cut away. Spiritual surgery. Do your spiritual surgery. And then thirdly, is this an evil spirit that is intent on destroying me. And if it is, then what am I dealing with? What am I partnering with so that I can attack it appropriately? John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus, Jesus is saying this. He says, I came that they may have life, and have it how? Abundantly. So this is 
this is a, a telltale sign if it has death attached to it, steal, kill, destroy, then it's probably an evil spirit and you need to deal with it. Let me address one such spirit that was intent on stealing, killing, and destroying this ministry, this house, this family. It's what is known as the Jezebel spirit. I don't know if you know anything about it, but once we were able to discern what spirit we were dealing with, a light bulb came on and we were able to become free from its control and intimidation and its deception. Uh, This ministry was trying to be shut down, to become ineffective. It made us physically weak and sick. And God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you the ability to see what you haven't been able to see up to this point. The Jezebel spirit tries to control through fear, intimidation, manipulation. Somebody say manipulation. Lies. Flattery. Mixed with false meekness. The Jezebel spirit will try to emasculate you, wants to kill you, strip you of your God-given authority. She will try to ruin your reputation and always brings confusion. Somebody say confusion. Confusion is never from God. Confusion is always from the enemy. You, would, you leave an encounter with someone who is dominated by this spirit and you're more confused than you were going in. Even though you were convinced of the truth of the situation beforehand, you begin to think that you're going crazy. You're losing your mind. You eventually feel that you aren't able to continue in your ministry and you want to quit. Say, Pastor, is that really real? I'll just tell you that this pastoral team came to that point, ready to quit. Not worth it any longer, ready to push things aside and move on. The Jezebel spirit will stop at nothing to get what it wants. Landon Schott lists some characteristics of the Jezebel spirit in his book, Jezebel the Witch is Back. And I would encourage you to purchase that book and read it. Jezebel, The Witch's Back by Landon Schott, S-C-H-O-T-T. Some of the characteristics, she's dominant, must be in full control. I'm going to read some of these. You're going to say, oh, I know, I know that. I know that person. I'm going to tell you, not everybody who has these characteristics has the Jezebel spirit. But if you partner with this spirit long enough, you will become like it. I can read this and you'll, you'll say, I know that person. I know that person. And some of you, it is you. You are that person. Take heed that you don't partner with the Jezebel spirit. 
She's dominant, must be in full control, gets what she wants at the expense of anyone or anything. She is forceful and overbearing. She cannot take no for an answer. She's not submissive, will not honor boundaries. She will talk over you, ignore you, devalue you so that she is the only one who appears valuable, important, or in a place of power. She's mean-spirited. Even when she's doing nice things for people, it's quite often with wrong motives. She's jealous of everything. She has to be the best at everything. She hates those who won't cater to her. She's charming and knows how to turn on the sweetness, but it's not genuine. She wants something from you or wants to use you to gain position and power. She's savvy and sly, using flattery to seduce the fleshly and weak-spirited. She's the expert and knows more than anyone. She does what she wants without permission. She stirs up strife, and she is a planner, always ten steps ahead because everything is done with a motive behind it. And the list goes on and on. She sows discord, and she is never, ever, ever wrong. Her playground is your emotions. Jezebel will mess with your emotions constantly to wear you down. You may even become physically sick and worn out from the constant barrage she brings your way. She will use any tactic necessary to get you to a state of dependence upon her. She'll use tears, pouting, bribery, weeping, emotional outbursts, whatever it takes to put you in a defensive position so that you can never confront her or move on past her. She needs you to need her. She will tell you everything she's ever done for you to remind you how much you owe her. She uses people for her devious ends. She works in confusion. Did I say confusion? She works in confusion. She is an evil, evil spirit. And Israel had forsaken the one true living God and had gone after Baal and Ashtoreth, the false gods of the nations around them. And this is the dangerous place that many people find themselves in when they turn from the true living God as their source, begin to worship other gods. They attach themselves to the gods that have spirits attached to them. And Jezebel was in the center of all, all of it, working her wicked ways, sacrificing human lives to appease these false deities. Sounds very familiar. Uh, the prophet Elijah confronts the prophets of Baal. And you know the story. If you don't, you need to read it in, in 1 Kings. And as the prophets of Baal were, were cutting themselves, trying to get their God's attention, Cutting's not a new thing. I don't know if you knew that. It was in the Old Testament. It was trying to get the attention. It's kind of resurged in the last 
several years. And Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal and said, look, there's only one God and he's going to answer by fire. And he did. And, and he even made gravy. Um, he made gravy. They, they put the sacrifice on the, on the altar. And then he said, pour water on it. Pour water. Pour water. Drench it. Drench the wood. Drench the sacrifice. Drench the trough around it. And when the fire hit, boom. Smoked meat and gravy. You say it. And then he said, who's on the Lord's side? And they, they killed all of the prophets of Baal. First Kings chapter 19, verse 1, we pick up the story. When Ahab the king got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. She's good at sending messages. She's good at writing letters, sending messages signing other people's names. She sent this message to Elijah, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I've not killed you just as you killed them. Verse 3, now recognize who we're talking about, Elijah the prophet who just has killed 450 prophets of Baal. He has stood up. He has proved that God is God. There is no other. He called down fire from heaven. God answered by fire. Miracles took place. And now in verse 3, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. Because of the words that this woman who had an evil spirit spoke to him. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who already died. How do you go from victorious miracles to kill me, Lord? That's the power of the Jezebel spirit. Pick it up in 1 Kings 21. Now there was a man named Naboth from Jezreel who owned a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. One day Ahab said to Naboth, since your vineyard is so convenient at my palace, I would like to buy it to use it as a vegetable garden. I'll give you a better vineyard in exchange or if you prefer, I'll pay you for it. But Naboth replied, the Lord forbid, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance that was passed down by my ancestors. I've received an inheritance from God that was passed down by my ancestors. So Ahab went home angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. The king went to bed with his face to the wall and refused to eat. He was pouting big time. What's the matter, his wife Jezebel asked him. What's made you so upset that you're not eating? I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused, Ahab told her. Are you the king of Israel or not? 
Jezebel demanded. Get up and eat something and don't worry about it. I'll get you Naboth's vineyard. So, she wrote letters in Ahab's name. Sealed them with his seal. Sent them to the elders and other leaders of the town where Naboth lived. And in her letters, she commanded, call the citizens together for a time of fasting, give Naboth a place of honor, and then seat two scoundrels across from him who will accuse him of cursing God and the king, then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and the other town leaders followed the instructions Jezebel had written in the letters. They called for a fast and put Naboth at the prominent place before the people. Then the two scoundrels came and sat down across from him. They accused Naboth before all the people, saying, He cursed God and the king. So he was dragged outside the town, stoned to death. The town leaders then sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned to death. When Jezebel heard the news, she said to Ahab, You know the vineyard Naboth Naboth wouldn't sell you? Well, you can have it now. He's dead. So Ahab immediately went down to the vineyard of Naboth to claim it. I'll take care of it, you wimpy little man. She's good at emasculating you to the point that you think you can't do anything. She's even willing to kill. It's one of her MOs. Maybe not physically, but kill to the point where you're not able to function any longer. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. The angel of the church in Thyatira write, The Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like burnished bronze, says this. The Son of God. We're talking Jesus here. Somebody say Jesus. He's welcome. He's welcome in this place. Jesus. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus said to the church in Thyatira, I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance, that your deeds of late are greater than at first. But I have this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. She teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. Are we talking the same woman? No. We're talking a spirit here. And Jesus said, I've got this against you. I know all your deeds. You've been doing some good stuff, good stuff, good job, good job, good job. But we've got a problem. There's a toleration of a Jezebel spirit. You're putting up with it. I know people who have not just tolerated 
but have embraced Jezebel. I'm just saying to you, if that's you, if you're listening online, the Lord Jesus Christ is against you. He didn't tolerate Jezebel. She was thrown down off the wall and trampled underfoot as the prophet spoke. She teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I love God's heart, verse 21. I gave her time to repent. He always does. That's God's heart. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with pestilence. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. Jezebel is not tolerated here at the power place. And those who are partnered with her don't stick around long. I don't know how more plainly to say this. But if you're partnered with the Jezebel spirit or any other spirit that is evil, you don't last long in this house because our culture is to honor one and one alone. And evil can't dwell here Evil can't thrive here. And you, if you're partnered with the Jezebel spirit and you try to spread your evil words and, and ideologies and stuff around, you're going to get spit out. Our culture will spit you out. It will vomit you. You, you can't stay. It just, it's not, you're not able to, to hang around long. There are some discerning people here who remember when the spirit of Jezebel was confronted and removed from this house. And comments started coming the week after. They said, what, what shifted? There, there's a freedom we haven't felt for a very long time. The oppression was lifted. The, the stranglehold was released. There, there was freedom. And, and you recognize that you recognize something shifted. Something happened. And... It's because we, when we discerned the spirit we were dealing with, we made a decision. We will not tolerate, won't tolerate, won't tolerate. Sorry, won't, we won't tolerate it. She's not welcome. And again, there are those who have not just tolerated but have embraced wholeheartedly that spirit and, and, and they can't figure out what's so wonky in their lives. They're confused. There's confusion. And, um, 
They're living in confusion. They're living in bondage. They're living in oppression. And they, they think that life is just weird right now. I don't understand. Because they have no discerning of spirits. You can't stick around here long if you've welcomed or partnered with Jezebel or any other evil spirit. We also don't partner with the spirit of fear. So if you're not willing to operate in the spirit of faith, you probably won't be comfortable here as well. How do you handle it? Let me bring this to a close today. 11.30. Good. I'm doing better than I thought I would. How do you handle the Jezebel spirit or any other evil spirit once you've discerned it by the Holy Spirit? And your time spent in his presence will bring you that discernment. And you'll recognize it and you'll go, oh, oh, no, no, no. I know you. I, I understand you. I've been around you enough. Not, not welcome here. So what do you do? Well, you bind it. You forbid it to operate. And you incorporate boundaries. You don't welcome and embrace it. You defy it and you bind it. You confront it in the spirit through prayer. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Truly I tell you, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. NLT says, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So we forbid the spirit of Jezebel to operate here. Amen. Amen. We don't forbid her access to this family, to this church. We forbid the spirit of fear. We welcome the Holy Spirit only to fill us and to bring his peace that passes all understanding to surround us and to guard us, mind, body, soul, and spirit. We, we welcome gifts of healing, working in miracles, and discerning of spirits. And may we be a people filled with the spirit of the living God that brings healing Miracles and discerning of spirits everywhere we go. May we only welcome the Holy Spirit and recognize any opposing evil spirits and bring them in submission to the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our family, and in our workplaces. Stand with me, please. Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to empower you with His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage your world. Here at The Power Place, we believe the Bible from cover to cover. And our prayer is that as you listen, the absolute truth of God's Word would bring complete freedom to every area of your life.